Welcome to the Slay Podcast with Leanne Gabriel. Listen in as she leads and empowers with stories of inspiring women making a difference in today's world. Well, hello, Slay family. It is so great to be back with you again today. And I have an awesome guest, brilliant author, author and daring woman with me today. I love this woman. She is the absolute example of reinventing yourself and becoming your very best version of yourself. So today we are joined by our guest, Dr. Carla Johnston. Please say hello to everyone if you could let them know where you're tuning in from. Oh, yes. Hello. I'm calling in uh, from Charleston, South Carolina. I'm a lifelong native Marylander that just recently moved and happy to be here. And please call me Carla. Okay, Carla, thank you so much. And Carla is the author of this very fun book called Freshman at 50, which I had the pleasure of reading. And she is more than that. So uh, before we begin our conversation today, you know, so many times in life, people get to a place where they maybe had a dream or they feel like there's something more for them and they are not in a supportive environment, meaning there are challenges that are keeping them from moving forward to pursue the things that they're dreaming of. Sometimes it's self-doubt, sometimes it's finances, sometimes it's lack of family support. And our very brave guest, uh, wonderful Carla here, has had all of those and some more (laughs) and pushed through and overcome all of them. And that's what her book is about. So To start, Carla, maybe if you would share with everyone a little bit about what it is that you dreamed of and all the different challenges and how you picked yourself up and pushed through. Sure, thank you. So I'll start as I was young. Um, I always enjoyed being around people. I kind of gravitated toward people and taking care of them. And I've been always fascinated by the medical side, you know, how the body worked and if someone were ill and getting better. And those were really interesting to me. So as I was a kid, you know, and we all, this day I want to be a fireman and this day I want to be a doctor and this day I want to be, you know, a cheerleader, this day I want to be an attorney, whatever it was. And I seemed to really stick with the medical piece. And I was just really convinced uh, as a young kid, as long as I can remember, that I was going to be the first female doctor in my family um, and actually the first college graduate at that point. And so um, as time went by, I really resonated with how systems worked. And, um, And then life happened. And circumstances happened where that became impossible. You know, I uh, had a child very early. I was 19 and got married. And of course, the whole part of my existence was taking care of the little one and, uh, you know, making ends meet and trying to make a new marriage work. And um, needless to say, that was just a setup for many things not going very well. And uh, so those things were put on hold, just taking care of my son and um, financially, and then being available for him emotionally. And then actually grow, I say we grew up together, you know, I was new mm. and trying to figure it all out as I went on. And that was always in the back of my head. That was always something that I wanted to do. And, um, so to kind of merge things together, I had an opportunity, I was in sales and I had an opportunity to be a medical sales working in hospitals. And I thought, what a wonderful marriage, of learning what I need to for the body systems, being able to support my son and um, and then being able to call on these amazing practitioners. And I did that for many years and I loved it. Um, I loved the education of it. I loved the energy of it. I loved meeting the people that were behind the scenes and in front of the scenes of taking care of people. I worked in um, the intensive care units like the NICU, PICU and ICU, really, really sick people. 
And um, that that really impressed on me. Hmm, okay, so how do I fit into this whole picture? And uh, and then the exploration of what that would look like. So you decided, so you were in pharmaceutical sales or medical sales, I should say, and then you decided that you wanted to go back and get an education multiple times, multiple degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. So just for fun to start off, I know you you got a college degree, two masters, I believe it was, and then you went back for your doctorate. Can you share the ages that you did these things? Because I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, thanks. So I, um, in order to be in medical sales, you needed a degree and I didn't have one. So I made an agreement that I would go on my own time and take like anatomy and physiology. So I started to get my undergrad degree, my bachelor's degree, and it took me 11 years because I had to keep stopping and starting to take care of my family and, um, and then also traveling with, um, business because that became priority. So I finally graduated with my bachelor's degree at age 43. And um, and then I got the idea after many years and really, you know, when I hit my 40s, I'm like, what am I waiting for? And even though my husband at the time didn't understand it and certainly wasn't real appreciative of it, um, I decided that I wanted to go back and get my master's degree um, and I literally made arrangements to, um, go to a full-time program to get my master's in herbal medicine. And that was a three-year full-time program where the last year we did clinical rotations with, um, folks in the clinic. And then I thought, okay, so now how do I marry this traditional wisdom of botanical medicine, which was really fascinating to me with what's happening here with aging adults. So I thought, okay, well, sociology and chronic illness, okay, uh, that that's available to me right in my backyard. So I got a master's degree in sociology. And then I'm like, okay, now oh, wait, I hold need on, hold to on, wait, wait, hold on. I'm sure, sure. <laughs> so how old were you when you went to get your second master's? Yeah, so when I finished my second master's, I was right at um, 48 years old. 48 years old. Okay, great. And yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> and then I, um, and let me preface by saying, I love learning. So for me, instead of like, just go learning, I'm like, well, if I'm going to learn, I may as well take a class. Well, if I'm going to take a class, I'll take a program. <laughs> I'm just one of those degree. Kind of Do the whole thing all at once. <laughs> right, right. And um, so I found a program and I'd been doing nutrition with the herbal medicine because herbs and food go so well together. And we learned a lot about it. And so I went and self-studied and got my nutrition license in Maryland. And there was this doctorate program that were, for me, that was putting it all together, this foundational piece of nutrition and lifestyle and health from a bigger perspective. And I thought, wow, that's going to be a nice addition to what I'm learning. It's going to really help me serve my clients with that information. And I'll be able to study from a perspective of like, what is it that I want my practice to look like? And so I enrolled in the doctorate program. It was an amazing program with people that I still keep in touch with, just really gifted, genuinely, authentically brilliant minds. And, um, and so I graduated with my doctorate degree at age 58. Awesome. And listen, of course, I don't think that's old. So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that a lot of times people will get in a place in life and then they settle and then they think it's too late or I can't now. And you just blow the doors right off of all that. So now you've got a doctorate as well. And then you started your own business and practice. So if you can share with people what you do, that would be great. Yeah. So 
It's interesting to me when people, when I discuss my degrees or, or my education, because at times there are people that think that it's an ego thing, like, oh, you have these to mm-hmm. kind of talk about them. And for me, it's always been, well, it's helping me to serve the population that I want to serve. And I love the learning and it's the foundational pieces because I've continued learning. Anyone who's doing what they love doing, they're constantly learning and improving. And so I, I kind of took that and said, okay, now what am I going to do? And it's, okay, I'm going to work with the popular aging adults. And how do you merge? I would say both end. How do you merge being healthy, whatever that looks like, so I can have an illness that's, that's impacting my life, maybe even challenging my life? And how do I live that life where I'm inspired and can still find joy and the only way to do that was to, to set up my own practice and uh, figure out, frankly, figure out what my 60s are going to look like. Um, a, a very wise mentor of mine in the, in the herbal medicine program, she was this amazing spirit. And she would always remind us that when we're embarking on something new, that we're beginners and to give ourselves grace as we go. And I've used that a lot with people who are like, you know, I, I know I, I need to do this better. I know I should be good at this. And when you stop and think, and I ask myself, okay, you're 61. When is the last time you were 61? Well, never. Okay. So you're learning as you go. And this is a new experience. You're a beginner. And then what does that look like? So those are the check-in questions that I have for myself going forward, because I have no idea how this is going to go. <laughs> well, you clearly have a love for learning. And a love for personal development and growth. I mean, it's so, in, when you read the book, you can't help but pick that up. I mean, it's amazing how much you enjoy taking yourself to another level and being able to serve people with the information that you gather along the way. So if somebody's, you know, listening to this and they say, wow, you know, I'm stuck in a career I don't like, or I want to go back to school, or I want to start a business, or I want to break out and do something, you know, you have faced uh, not having the money. You have faced not having family support. You have faced having a spouse that's telling them no, 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 no. So what advice would you give to someone? Or if you were talking to your younger self, you know, what advice would you give to someone who's in that position? That's such a great question. So I, I'll say this to start because I feel like it's important it's important for me to say because I can speak from my heart. When I was figuring out this pathway, when someone would say, you know, what would you do if money weren't an issue? You know, what is it that you would do? And I remember getting really angry at that question because money is the issue. (laughs) You know, money is the resource that I'm moving forward. What I learned about that question was, yes, that's true. And what am I figuring out? And then I'll plug that in. So I kind of flipped it on how I was reviewing it rather than Mm. it's either you have the money or you don't. For me, it was, okay, what is it that I'd like to do? And what are the small steps that I can do to move me toward that? And then the money will kind of match me. And sometimes I had to do, you know, take or spend longer time in positions and jobs, which I was incredibly grateful for and learning. And that was allowing me to move forward. So what I would say is if someone is, um, well, a couple of things. If you have a dream that isn't realized yet, then you could ask yourself really what step could move you toward that? And it may be something really small, like making a list 
of some preparations that you'd like to do. So sometimes I think when we think goals, we think, okay, I'm going to do a physical movement goal. Okay, 10K, rather than maybe I could walk around the block and see if I like this, or let me, you know, try something. <laughs> so I would say the small goals. The other is, in many cases, it is once we move toward it, it may not be the path where you're going. And I'll use an example. So when I wanted to go back to school, I thought, well, I'm going to study medicine and biology and all of that. And when I got my undergrad degree, I was against very young students mm. who had learned trigonometry in high school. Well, it had been 400 years since I had been in high school. So that was all, <laughs> I had no idea. And so I wasn't doing well. And I was like, oh my gosh, I finally got this chance to do this. And now I'm failing, I'm failing. And I finally got with an amazingly wonderful uh, guidance counselor. And he sat me down. He said, look, instead of putting it on what degree you want, what is it that you enjoy about learning? And when we started teasing it out, he said, well, what about this program, which was health administration and policy, which was exactly what I was looking for because I wasn't going to get into medical school. So what I would say is once you start on the path, kind of be open to where mm. that's going to take you because those failures kind of put me on the path of where I feel like I needed to go. And then lastly, what I'll say is that sounds great. It sounds like harps are going and birds are chirping. And it is a lot of times just really hard work. Yes. And it can feel really exhausting and it can feel really lonely. And so what I would say is to make sure that there are resources available. It may not be family. It may be friends. It may be professional resources, such as the guidance counselor in my case, just surround yourself with resources that allow you to vacillate and then allow you to put direction. And I would say that would be really key and has been key for me. That's amazing advice because you talk about in the book at one point where you went to go see that counselor and you were going in to quit. You're, you're, I was check it out. Like this isn't yeah. going to work, but yeah. you know, being around the right people who ask the right questions and who see your commitment and want to encourage you change your whole life because it, it redirected you and look where you are now two masters and a doctorate and all that going on and now on top of all that you have programs that you run you have a business that you have you have a podcast as well so share with everybody if you would a few of those things so they can tap into what you're doing and learn from all your wisdom yeah. So this is where this learning as we go takes place. So I did a podcast, uh, Uniquely Nourishing, which is, uh, it's on all the podcast platforms and on my website. And what I loved about it, it was taking topics that I really wanted to have a deeper conversation about, you know, uh, is this the best diet for me? Or how do you uh, come up with um, the information on what it looks like? And what does aging look like? And my goal of that was just that we're all so unique and that the conversation always needs to expand to accommodate that. We live sometimes in bullet points and in headlines. And what I wanted to do is to go beyond the headline and have those conversations that could be really helpful. And I enjoyed every minute of it. And then I was changing, literally packing up where I've lived my whole life, where all of my friends are, and moved to a state where I didn't know anyone. I felt a calling to do that and the timing was right and kind of the stars aligned. And so I thought, okay, now what is it that I need to do? So I put that on hold and I'm embracing the, the virtual, the speaking, the ability to hear and then read the spoken word. So I'm gradually moving off 
<clears throat> pardon me, I'm going to be setting up a YouTube um, place where people can get some resources and speaking. So it it is, it's still evolving. It's constantly evolving. So we'll just check you out and follow you on all the platforms. That'll be the <laughs> easiest way to do all that. I'm and learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. Absolutely. So now with all of those things, yes, you started to talk a little bit. What are some of the other dreams that you have now? You know, because watching, or I should say reading the progression you've made, the things you've done, the expansion, the education, the breakthroughs, overcoming money, overcoming relationship blockers, all that, you know, what, what is next for you? Where do you want to be in five years or 10 years? What's, what's your next agenda? So the interesting piece is that um, in many of the relationships that I, that I was married, and so it was always trying to figure out who I wanted to be and then partnering with someone else and, you know, making those, those uh, decisions together. And now that it's just me, I have to say it's been a little overwhelming at times to go, okay, I don't have anyone to check in with. And so is it limit, is it limitless? And what is my vision? And, and again, just like as in the first part of my life, it's okay, now I'm moving forward, getting resources, checking in, seeing what works, and then doing my best to be adaptable. Although the older I get, the I feel like the crankier I get with, with obstacles and challenges. <laughs> um, and to, to really serve the population of the 60 plus community. I love women who are in their 60s. And what I'm discovering is that, you know, many women in their 60s and 70s and 80s, and even some 90 year olds that I'm really awesome um, women that I'm talking with. So 60s, some women are retired, you know, they've done their work, their career, and they're retired, and they're looking at that transition in life, which is really exciting and unknown and scary. And then there are other women in their 60s that I'm talking with, they're like, I'm not done. Like, I love my career. I love that I'm expanding. And what does that look like? And how does that transition happen with friends that are going in one direction, and you're going in another? Mm, great. Question. And then I also, yeah, have friends that, um, are either um, single and didn't realize they were or or who are dealing with an illness as they get older. And so I'm like, okay, I want to put that together. How do I put that together? How do I make a space for all of us to have those conversations where we can jump on and support each other when we need support, mm. where we can support someone when we have the bandwidth, things are going well for us, we can support someone else. And then bring in some information that can be inspiring and or uplifting, um, you know, being silly. How often at 60 are we told to be silly and laugh and enjoy and um, just have that freedom? And then what is life's purpose? So not all of us have figured out and are done with life's purpose at 60. Many of us are figuring it out as we continue to go on. And what does that look like? And how does that impact health? And that's interesting research that's coming out on that right now. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, you know, sometimes your life purpose evolves too. So even if you thought you have it all figured out, you go down a path and then you start to go down another one and you are the queen of reinvention, but I love that you're able to reinvent yourself and you don't think that you have to be stopped or you have to be stuck. So that's why I really recommend this book. If any of you are thinking of starting a business, going back and getting a degree, or you just feel like you're up to something, it's a great book. Again, it's called Freshman at 50. You can grab it on Amazon. And uh, is there any other platform they can currently learn from you that you would like to share before we wrap up today? Sure. So um, I have a website, drcarlajohnston.com, and I've got everything on there. And again, I'm learning as I go this whole social media 
uh, exposure and YouTube. I'm learning as I go. So I'm always transparent about that. Um, and then the membership group, I'm getting ready to start new at that. And that seems to be coalescing and coming together. And what I would say is when you're making your decision is just have as many voices that you resonate with, and then just sit quietly and kind of make that plan of what works for you. Because what I did get stuck doing at times is I want to be just like that person. Mm. And that's great. It helped me to see possibilities. And I had to check in and go, was that really me? And how do I make that work for me? So that's what I would say. Even when you're looking at my things, you know, does this resonate for me? Is this helpful for me? And how does it fit in? Does Can I look through my lens and see what could be helpful and then discard those things that aren't? Outstanding. And what's also great is you have been an example for women that they don't have to put themselves in the back seat behind everybody, which is such a common thing. The kids come first, the spouse comes first, everybody comes first. And, you know, there have been times where you finally shook it off and said, wait a minute, I count too. And it's yeah. inspiring to see that. And, you know, you still have a great relationship with your son that you talk about in the book and you have all of that and you've got a doctorate and you're still building a new career and taking on life by the horns, which is awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for so, your support. I, oh, sounds great. Pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. So for all of you seeking some courage and inspiration, now, you know, Dr. Carla Johnston, she's fabulous. And uh, we will be back live next week. And if you are in the Facebook group and you want to leave some comments, great. Or if you're watching this on YouTube or the podcast, you know, spread the word. If you've got women that are 15 over and they're sitting there scratching their head, figuring out what their next step is, here's their inspiration. So thanks for being here again. And we will see you all next week. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Slay Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to join our exclusive Facebook group, you can reach out to Leanne and her staff at slaywithlg at gmail.com. That's S-L-A-E with L-G at gmail.com.